Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and news editor, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is sports editor, Cameron Priester, and staff writer, Zachary Watts. Hey, guys, how's it been going throughout this past week? Uh, well, I mean, not the best week for football. Um, you know, our expectations didn't go as planned, but these things happen, have some slips in the road, but you know, we'll talk about it. We'll see what went wrong um, in that regard. Yep, same thoughts. Disappointing loss. Um, you know, a game you kind of expected them maybe to look, not only win, but just look a lot better than they actually did. But, yep, we'll get into it. Doing good. Yeah, it hasn't been a pleasant weekend for FU football, which we'll go over first. Um, they went to Denton in Texas. Uh, this past Saturday, taking on the North Texas Main Green and unfortunately lost 45-28. They now, they are now currently in a bye week. So they'll have a week off to recover from all the pain and all the pain and gain throughout the first half of the season. And we'll be back in October 15 against Rice. And right now they sit with a record of two and four. There are two wins coming from home. Uh, they haven't won a game on the road yet. Um, how do we evaluate uh, the team's performance throughout this first half of the season? Um, you know, just thinking about it, like, overall, um, you know, if you were to look at it before the season started, you would have expected us to be a little bit over 500. Um, definitely some opponents we definitely thought we should have beat. Um, you know, I'm kind of just like at a loss for words based off how we've been playing, you know, the offense at the beginning of the season, um, I've been performing really well. We just thought we had to step it up on defense and on the middle side of the game, um, cleaning up on the penalties, the small middle errors, but as it goes, it just seems like when one side of the ball is going well, the other side just can't seem to figure it out. Um, it just, you, you can't ever play a perfect game of football is what it feels like. And it's painful from a fan's perspective, but I can't imagine how painful it is um, for the players because, you know, it feels like you're right there. Um, you're that close to figuring it out. But maybe maybe the second half of the season, they can turn things around. You know, it's always a work in progress. These guys are always constantly committed, committed to the team, committed to the game. So, you know, we're not going to lose faith in them, and I don't expect them to lose faith in themselves. So we're going to keep cheering for them. Um, hopefully they can turn things around, but yeah, just uh, a little disappointing. Um, I think Zach kind of hit the nail on the head when he said that we just, they haven't, whenever one side of the ball plays well, the other side seems to not, we haven't played a complete game. Um, it's that drop off against UCF is just like nightmares because of how well we were playing and just to fall off like that and it's kind of just it looks that's kind of what the, the um the first half of the season's been like they look great kind of in the early early couple of games and now to drop three straight it's it's disappointing but you know like you said we're not gonna lose faith there's still a couple conference games left to write the conference record and you know let's not let's not lose faith yet 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and as you mentioned, Cameron, the remainder of this season is conference games, which are uh, the games that really count in the end, because having enough wins to qualify for a bowl game or having probably possibly the best record in the conf in one of the best records in the conference will allow them to be in the conference championship game. But right now, being having a two and four record, while even though the conference record is one and one, which is basically 50 50, um, it's still a very tough road ahead for FU, especially considering that they could have beaten North Texas. They were considered the favorites prior to the game. So losing that one was a tough, was it was a tough loss to was a tough loss to handle. And now that we're two and a half seasons into Willie Taggart's head coaching career with FAU. Uh, we're in his third season. We're in the third season right now, two and a half seasons in, and we've only won two road games out of what, twelve in, in under the Willie Tiger era. Two and a half seasons in, about to be a third, uh, like fully a third season. Um, is Willie Tiger the right guy to uh, head to navigate us into the American Athletic Conference next year? if this is what we're seeing year by year? Um, you know, I really don't want to, like, say for certain if he's yeah. the right answer um, until we're all said and done. Usually my – the way I gauge is usually your third season because your first year, you know, it's a completely new team. You don't really have the pieces you want. Second year, you're still getting um, your recruits in but by your third year that should be your first year with the recruits all the guys that you've been with um, they should be um, comfortable with your season but or with your system uh, by this point what I will say is um, for the remainder of this season we're not gonna quit on him where I'm not gonna demand that we make any changes um, yeah. I do I do want to hold him in a high regard um, from the sense that he can turn things around. Like I said, we're only two and four. We have a half a season left. He can easily flip that around and get us bowl eligible. Um, this is a possibility, especially with the rice game coming up. Um, you know, we're heavy favorites in that game. Um, there's just some small fixes I would like to see, especially on the defensive side of things. Yeah. You know, we're putting up over 400 yards of total offense, but we're also giving up over 400 yards of offense to other teams. So, we have to fix that. But like I said, I'd, I just want to see it out to the end of the season and then make a proper assessment of it. Obviously, we're halfway through not seeing the results that we want to see, but um, there's still technically plenty of time left. Um, same thoughts. I don't want to say um, yay or nay. He, he is the the guy to like lead us forward. But I don't think the showing on Saturday did much for his case yeah. because I think the loss boiled down to just not making adjustments. And that a hundred percent falls on the coaching staff. Um, that first touchdown uh, defense is in cover two man. Uh, smoke is on the outside manned up on that receiver and receiver just runs a beautiful route and Smoke gets burned for the touchdown. It's one play. It was a great route. It's it's not panic button. Next drive, still in man. McKithen gets beat in the red zone for a slant. Five yards of separation. At that moment, you should make an adjustment as a coaching staff 
get the defense out of man right then and there. No questions. Later on in the second half, I think there's about five minutes left. And what do you know? Corners are still in man. And McKithen gets beat on a fade down the left sideline. For that, North Texas receivers, I want to say third touchdown of the first half. That falls on coaching staff. And, you know, it's not the first time we've seen FAU lose a game like this. So showings like this aren't gonna you know do much for him and I think it's why the dialogue about like the hot seat and job security is going on right now so I think it's kind of warranted but I don't I don't want to say myself like you know he's not the guy but it's the dialogue is warranted for sure yeah right now I'm definitely on the fence as to whether Wade Tiger is the right guy to lead FAU into the American Athletic Conference and these losses so far has not done any favors at all, especially the losses against UCF, uh, Ohio, UCF, and then recently with North Texas. Uh, like, the defensive adjustments need to be made. Like, I don't really have much issues with the offense. I think it's been pretty solid at, the, at this point in the season compared to last year. But the defense really needs to step it up and to make those adjustments when it's really needed. So... Right now, hoping them for the best as conference play goes on, as we enter the second half of the season, starting with Rice on October 15th. And we'll see how they recover from the first half, from a rusty or from a poor performance in the first half of the season. Mm. And moving on from FU football, we have FU soccer, the other football that has, funny enough, been pretty good this past week starting off with men's soccer they went on the road to orlando to take on ucf and what do you know they picked up a 2-1 victory on the road first road win of the season and their game winning goal was a shot from outside the box they say it was uh, around 25 yards out from midfielder blake dean it was a deep shot to the top left corner of the net as fu got a shocking but in a very astounding 2-1 victory. So, guys, um, what do you think of how FEM Soccer was able to pull off the win on Saturday? Um, you know, at the time of the win, UCF was ranked, I believe, 23rd in the country. Um, we had previously played a ranked opponent before in Lipscomb. We obviously didn't have the result we wanted in that. But, you know, we're undefeated in conference play still yep. 2-0-1 just with that tie. So it's good to see that. Um, we won the shot count 14 to 12, um, which what I, which is what I like to see. Obviously what I said earlier in the season was we needed to clean up a bit on the set pieces. You know, it seemed that most of the goals we were giving up were on set pieces. Um, and if we could just limit that along with the penalties, we'd be able to slow things down, keep things in our favor. And it's kind of what I saw here. Um, yeah, just super solid performance, especially against a quality opponent, you know, UCF, especially being ranked a rival in state, it's huge for the morale of the team, you know, to get a win like that. It's able to push you through the rest of the season. So hopefully they can build on that. Um, we are playing better. Um, we have a little bit of, like, I wouldn't say a win streak, but just like quality wins game after game, playing good matches against quality opponents. It's what I like to see. 
So hopefully we can keep building on it. Yeah, um, it's just a, it's such an awesome win to see, you know, um, against a ranked opponent like UCF. They were, like you said, 23rd. Um, that first goal came on a penalty kick. You like to see them taking advantage of opportunities like that and, you know, still playing competitive, scoring that goal late to win. And it's not like a national championship, but it's just awesome to see wins like this, especially, like you said, to stay um, undefeated in conference play. It's um, it's just the good motivation you need to, as you continue to play in the conference, it's a good win. Yeah, definitely agree with you guys on that. Um, like if FEU football can't do it, but men's soccer can, you might as well take whatever win you can get from any respective sport. So real football team. Real football, yes, yes, yes. Like, FBA soccer will not let me down when it comes to getting the important wins. And they, so yes. they proved that to me. They proved that to me last season when they made that deep run in the Conference USA tournament. And there's, it, they still show that they got it with this uh, pretty good win against UCF on Saturday night. So their next game, their next games, I should say, will be on the first one will be on the road in Tulsa, Oklahoma against the University of Tulsa on Wednesday, October 5th at 8 p.m. And they will be back home for a matchup against the Charlotte 49ers on Sunday, October 9th at 7 p.m. Both Tulsa and Charlotte are ranked 12th and 14th in the country, respectively. So these are some pretty big games for FEU to handle. And we'll wish them the best of luck because we haven't had a win against nationally ranked teams yet since the Lipscomb loss earlier this season. So we'll see if they can pull one off in one of these two games. And moving on from men's soccer, we have women's soccer. And even though they had a disappointing 1-0 loss against Rice University, who has otherwise had a pretty good record in conference play so far, um, FEU bounced back with a home victory over Charlotte, a 2-0 victory, very comfortable win. Uh, Charlotte did not really pose much of a threat for a majority of the game, and FEU sealed it away in the second half. So uh, what do you guys think on uh, women's soccer so far as the conference play starts to get a little closer? Um, kind of a reoccurring theme with our women's team. You know, they face a tie or a loss and they end up bouncing back even better. Um, the Rice team was no pushover, you know, undefeated in conference play. I believe they were undefeated overall, 6-0, and something along those lines. But in terms of the Charlotte game, um, I mean, Brie Austin's kind of just been taking over for this team. I believe now she's up to 14. She's the leader in points on the team with 14, and she has five goals. She was able to pick up another goal in this one. Um, but I think the key was just starting off super strong. I believe we had a goal two minutes into the game. Um, just really set the tempo and the pace right off the bat. Um, so we kind of just like put it to them. Um, kind of shows you that like they're eager to just bounce back from those tough losses and they want to just take it two teams. Um, so really solid play on that end. And then just to be able to, to shut them down, not give up any goals defensively. Cause once you're up to nil, it's kind of easy to like play a little lax, but the fact that they were able to keep things shut down, um, not really falter at, at any point in the game, uh, just shows a really strong mental fortitude from them. So I'm hoping they can continue to build on that. We've had some strong showings from them. It appears that our only losses are only in close games. 
to really tough opponents. So we'd like to see us take that next step against the more quality teams. But like I said, in time, that'll come hopefully by the end of the season. Um, we'll be able to see some of those uh, more unexpected wins. Yeah, uh, I want to point out, um, you said, you, like you said, they've uh, scored a goal in the first two minutes. That's the second time this season they've uh, scored a goal in the first five minutes of the game. Also, That also came against the win at North Texas. So both times they've scored goal in the opening five minutes, they've won. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's kind of like the game plan that they go with heading into the next like um, couple of games, like try to get ahead early and continue to shut teams down on defense. And it's, that's like your identity as a team and how you win. That's, you know, that's how you take a move forward. But um, like you said, you know, you hope as like the season kind of moves on, you start to get more of those, um, see more of those like quality wins over um, good opponents, but, That'll come. We'll we'll see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, right now, women's soccer pretty 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 good record in conference play so far, and a record. And if they keep this type of play up, like where they bounce back with solid victories and get some draws here and there, they will pretty much have a comfortable spot, a comfortable seating place in the conference USA rankings, and have a good spot going into the conference USA tournament which they have yet to clinch a spot in yet. But right now, as long as they play at play like this, they're pretty much as good as they are in the tournament. They're, they only have one game this week, which will be on Friday, October 7, against the University of Texas at El Paso, a.k.a. UTEP, on Friday at 7 p.m. at home. So you sure that you're on your hours Friday night. And with that, that will conclude our section with FU Sports. Now we head on to the national level, and we have the NFL. So had a pretty interesting week, and more controversially on Thursday, uh, Miami quarter Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa um, suffered uh, a concussion injury following a following a down against Cincinnati, and had to be carted off the field, uh, stretched off the field, and. It pretty much brings on to the topic of concussions in the NFL and why the NFL should be going over the concussion protocols more strictly. And with young, the past few days getting announced that they fired the doctor who reported on to, who looked at two and said he was okay. And which turns out he was not. So what do we, what, what, what do you guys think of this situation re regarding concussions in the NFL? So to my understanding, the way the concussion protocol works is there's a baseline test um, that everyone takes. But um, from what I've heard, players were able to lower the baseline to pass the test by just purposely flunking the test on purpose. So by lowering the baseline, what happens is once you have concussion and go in to take it, you're able to somehow just barely pass so then they can clear you to get back on the field. Look, I understand you want to help your team win football games, especially in the National Football League. There's a lot of contracts that are incentive-based based yeah. on whether you get to the playoffs, whether you weren't win a certain amount of games. There's a ton of things that go into it. My only issue is it's not that important in the long term because we've started to see with the rise of all these um, post-career CTE injuries with players. We literally just had the autopsy report released with Demarius Thomas. His family came out 
and released a bunch of the news about what he was experiencing during um, his last few years before he passed mm. away, sadly. Um, it's just terrible to see how bad they deteriorate once their career's over. And, you know, we talk about the dehumanization of players in the National Football League. You know, a lot of the fans don't really see them as people. You know, they just see them as, like, players on their fantasy teams or people that they trot out onto the field for your own entertainment. Like these guys have families, they have lives. Yeah. Um, I promise it's not that worth it um, to try to play through these injuries. And it's sad to see that teams are that committed to winning, I guess. Cause I mean, I'd way rather see guys play 12 to 15 years and retire comfortably to give a hall of fame speech than to retire eight to 10 years. And, and we never hear from them from then on out until they pass away. It's just, not what I want to see from the league and you know they preach so heavily on player safety but it's ob it's obvious that they're not taking it as serious as they're supposed to be because they're trying to find loopholes to continue to pass through it but it angers me as a fan so I don't know how you guys feel about it I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say um, I think this is more uh, a failure by the league and NFL kind of concussion protocols because you the it, it comes out that the Dolphins fire the independent neurologist. Yeah. I hope I'm not messing that up. They fire the independent neurologist. Well, okay, maybe he, yes, he did mess it up, but Tua also had to go through uh, team coaches and eventually, I mean, coaches had to make the call to start him so I don't think this is just like one failure by one doctor I think the league needs to see that like this was a like a failure by the system that allowed even allowed to uh, not only to go in the game back in the game which he shouldn't after he stumbled um last Sunday he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been playing um Thursday in the first place so I think that that firing that neurologist was kind of scapegoating him a little bit to say that the entire organization and the league messed up, which I think is not going to get anything done. And it's going to let players continue to get hurt in the future. And I think it needs to be addressed at a league wide level. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys there. Um, oh, it's very, um, it like it like you see a diff like a different. It's like night and day when you compare the NFL's concussion protocols with the protocols of like the National Basketball Association, like the NBA's concussion protocols. Like you can you can see how different they are by just seeing how they go about taking care of players who have concussion like symptoms and like even though they don't happen very often in the NBA, but when they do happen, you can tell that the NBA takes them pretty seriously. They actually have players take like one to two weeks. Uh, like they stay away from playing a game for one to two weeks. And once they're actually ready to go, they're ready to go. And when you look at the NFL, it's like, it's like after just a few days, like you just do like a checkup here and there and you're pretty much, and they say you're good, but you're not, you're not doing a complete analysis on how well the player who had the concussion is doing. So it's like, like it makes sense for the doctor to be let go after seeing the mistakes that were made onto his diagnosis. But 
to me, that is like very incremental and very minimal to what the NFL should actually be doing. Like hey, you guys said, it. They, they have to be going over these protocols. They have to be making significant changes if they really want to make some change to how concussions are taken care of, are being treated, like the issue of concussions, how they are being treated across all across the league. And, and I understand players wanting to go through everything so they can get to, so they can, they can take, your, take their team to success. But at the end of the day, it's their health. They have families, they have, they, have, they have families to take care of, and they have lives that they want to enjoy to the fullest. So to point, taking your body to that limit of having these concussions, it's like, it's like very dangerous. So I, I really hope the NFL makes the necessary changes needed to make sure that we don't have any terrible events going on with some of these players. And hopefully Tua does really get better uh, after this. Mm. Yep, exactly. And uh, uh, to go on a more lighter note, um, <laughs> um, I did take a look at last night's game against the uh, against the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. And the Rams are pretty shaky, two and two record, um, while the 49ers yeah. managed to pull off a bounce back win with Jimmy G at the helm still. Um, what, do we, what do you guys think of? the yesterday last night's performance on monday um you know i'm trying to pull up this player's name because i'm i want to say this guy will be a household name um in due time yeah so if i butcher this name hufanga for the safety for the 49ers i personally believe that in due time this man will be a household name and one of the top safeties in the league um, he got a pick six yesterday for the 49ers. Um, he's really stepped up for them. He's been making plays all over the field. Like, it seemed like every time I tuned into a 49ers game, they're calling his name. He's perfect in coverage. He's a hard hitter. Um, he's reminiscent of Troy Palomalu with his hair, which I love to see. Um, just the big flowy guys that just stand out. Um, what I will say for the Rams side of things, Matthew Stafford seems to be forcing a lot of passes to Cooper Cup. And I get it. Cooper Cup's one of the top receivers in the league. He's a quality player. He's able to make plays a uh, majority of the time. But when you're that keen on getting the ball into one guy's hand, teams will game plan around stopping him and force you into disguises and throwing interceptions and mistakes around that, that player. I think we kind of saw a bit of that. Um, you know, this is kind of this is one of those 49ers games where you kind of see why Jimmy G works so well there. You know, 16 for 27, 239 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's not going to wow you with anything. He's not going to beat you in any regard, but he's able to play a clean game of football. He's able to allow his defense to step up, make some big time plays and they capitalize off those turnovers. I believe they scored both times off turnovers. Um, and then, you know, utilizing the run game, utilizing your weapons, such as Debo Samuel. I wish they'd use George Kittle a little bit more. You know, he didn't have a target through the first half and he's such a quality tight end. I don't know why he's not going to utilize more. But, you know, if it's working, it's working. Um, you know, 49ers obviously won, so they're obviously doing something right. But that's kind of just how I saw the game break down. Yeah, um, I think that the 49ers, because um, I think they won last night and they will, I think they will continue to, 
you know, kind of look good through the entire season because I think they're a team that's, like, built really well. Like you said, like, Jimmy G's not going to go wow you, but you know what he's going to go out and give you. He's going to he's gonna get his completions, and the offense will be okay just because they have all those weapons. They have more – the 49ers have more top NFL top 100 players than any team in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So as long as, you know um, – Garoppolo can kind of go out and be a facilitator and kind of just let Debo and um, Brandon IU kind of just go out there and work. The 49ers will be all right. They, um, like you said, the defense looked great. So I think that they're kind of maybe in like a more, not I don't want to say better situation, but I think their, um, their floor to ceiling is a lot better with Garoppolo at the helm instead of Lance. Mm. Mm. yeah as we look at the other games that have happened across the league uh especially on sunday um cleveland had a disappointing 23-20 loss against the atlanta falcons um that the dallas cowboys is looking pretty comfortable with cooper rush as their quarterback with the 25-10 victory over the washington commanders seattle squeezed out a 48-45 shootout victory against the detroit lions uh, the Giants got past the Chicago Bears 20-12. Mm. That was a very funny uh, play at the end of the game. Like, I had a fun with them, with the Bears throwing a lot, throwing the ball a lot of times before they finally got down. And that play represented the entire franchise as a whole, a clown show. <laughs> That's what that was. So was tired of that team, man. Hilarious. It was hilarious, though. Um, Philadelphia remained un- is the only team undefeated in the league with a 4-0 record after a 29-21 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they should have lost. They should have lost. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't have four, what was it, four turnovers, I believe, um, I think they easily win that game. You know, they go 14 nothing. Um, that was hard to see. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whew. Hey, that's really doing pretty good compared to last season. They're right now two and two, which is pretty good for their standards this season. So we'll see if they continue progressing. Um, uh, the Green Bay Packers escaped against the New England Patriots in overtime, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, oh, that okay. Here's what I'll say about that really quickly. Um, you know, we finally get Zappy in there doing his thing. Um, but the moment he came in, like I had a sudden realization. I was like, why did I think we were ever going to give him a chance to shine? It immediately became this super one dimensional running game, just Kyle Shanahan style zone, zone runs, um, you know, outside tosses in between the gaps with Harris and Ramondre, you know, you're in green Bay, you're in Lambeau, you're not expected to win. You're in overtime. You get the ball around the 50 yard line. And rather than just take a chance with some play actions on the early first and second down, you play into the obvious scheme of running on first and second down and force forcing Zappy to try to get a first down when they're obviously in a passing situation. Like that's not how you help a rookie quarterback kind of get in a position to win a game. You try to catch the teams off guard. That's where his touchdowns really came from was these unexpected play actions on early downs, you know, opened up over the top with, I believe, Nelson Aguilar and Devontae Parker. You know, that's kind of where his success came from. But to just force him into the situation where you're already the underdogs, you're not expected to win anyway, and you just play in the Green Bay's hands, 
and give the give the game away essentially it was so sad to see from a fan's perspective like if there was a chance to take a game away this was it and i i just felt let down yeah you're right i don't think they put it they put them in um incredibly like great position to win like with the really one-dimensional offense like you said and especially that wasn't him in college in at western kentucky his trademark was you know the high-powered airing it out over the top you know 500 yards of passing every game so um they didn't do him any favors and you need to do a rookie quarterback on their debut in Lambeau is you need to do him a lot of favors. So um, I think, but I think they'll be all right. And he, he played well, that's like, competing like that with, you know, a proven team on the road and is what you want to see out of a, a quarterback um, in a debut. So I think they'll, they'll be all right. Yeah. And I would want to believe so too. The new England defense did pretty good against green Bay. Uh, especially against Aaron, against the likes of Aaron Rodgers. And, um, but yeah, Billy Zapp did pretty good for his debut, even though he's, it was pretty clear, clear he was nervous and he, he's not there yet, but it, the, hopes it, the hope is he will get there. So we'll see how Billy Zapp does uh, as Mac Jones will be out for a good while. And mm. yeah, and as we see from remaining scores, uh, Las Vegas beat. Denver 32-23, uh, putting a lot of concern on Russell Wilson with the with the somewhat underperforming standards with Denver this season. Somewhat, somewhat. Um, yeah. And Kansas City uh, with Patrick Mahomes getting past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 41-31. Pretty good offensive night. Yeah. Um, not really much to say about those two games, um, you know. Russell Wilson, even though he had a good offensive game, just can't seem to get it done for the Broncos. Um, and I don't think it's entirely on him. You know, you pay your quarterback and you run the ball on first and second down pretty much every time. Um, and now Javante Williams hurt, so Melvin Gordon's going to step up there. Uh, as for the Bucks side of things, you know, you're supposed to have this, like, top defense of the league and you surrender, like, 41 points or something like that. The only thing I want to add is I wonder if Kenny Pickett is the answer for the Steelers. I'm so glad he got playing time, but I just don't know if he's their guy yet. I don't know. I just think it was hilarious how, like, quick the dialogue on Kenny Pickett on Twitter changed. He went from, like, the mayor of Pittsburgh to, like, some bum in 15 minutes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was really funny. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's one-game sample size, but it's going to get rough. For them in the next four games, they have um, the Bills, and they have the Bills, the Eagles, and I am blanking on the next. They have two others, but they have a, probably the hardest stretch of four games. Three of them are on the road. Um, Bills, Bucks, Dolphins. We're, Bills, Bucks. Thank you. Three of those are three of those four are on the road. So we're gonna learn a lot about uh, Kenny Pickett and the coming month, but it's not out of bounds that the Steelers end up one and seven. So I I, I don't know. It's um, I think it was a good idea though, the, to get Pickett uh, that first start or that first, not start experience um, against the Jets of anybody, if you're because of those four games, but um, it's not looking great for them. I'm, 
wouldn't put much stock in the Steelers right now if I were if I had it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you'll see. We'll see. We'll see it from that point. With that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. Also, be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's for me, at Rich26Pereira, for Cameron, at PriesterCameron, and for Zach, at ZachWatts1 underscore. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a great day.